Hello, hello, and welcome back to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and today we have a discussion of the new film, Fair Play, from writer-director Chloe Domont and starring Phoebe Denever and Alden Ehrenreich. Joining me today is film critic Saxon Whitehead. Stick around. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Art House Garage. We're going to talk about Fair Play in just a moment, but first, we've got another Arkansas filmmaker spotlight. I've really enjoyed lately having local filmmakers join the show to tell us about themselves and their work. And today, an Arkansas filmmaker named Pauline Angelina is here to tell us about her upcoming film. Pauline is currently working in Conway, Arkansas, and she's working on a film called Mountain Strong. Now here is Pauline to tell us all about it. Welcome to the podcast, Pauline Angelina. How are you today? Good, good. Thank you. I feel so great to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to have you on the show. I'm so glad you reached out. Um, I've been really enjoying having some you know, local Arkansas filmmakers like yourself on the show to just meet more people in the film community and, and learn about what you're working on. So you are a filmmaker right here in Arkansas. Tell us about yourself and how you got into filmmaking. Oh, it's... It's quite a long journey. I actually didn't have a background in filmmaking. I studied visual arts and worked as a graphic designer ever since oh, wow. the college year started. I worked at a photo studio back home in Indonesia for more than three years. It was part-time at first, so sometimes when I went home, I passed by the commercial department and I stopped there to watch, <laughs> you know, because it's... a uh, totally different working environment. Yeah. When you work as a graphic designer, you usually sit there in front of your screen alone. <laughs> but um, well, sometimes there are meetings with clients or supervisor, mm -hmm. but that's it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong though. I also enjoy uh, my solitude when I'm working. Mm -hmm. I like editing too, uh, but I was just a curious teenager who wanted to experience new things and I got caught there. <laughs> the production head was really nice to welcome me in joining them at that time. So I became involved in commercial projects as well. And as we know, commercial nowadays have um, narrative aspects into it. So I became more and more curious about video production and I decided to learn from the basic. I came here to UCA two years ago and that's how it all started. That's great. Yeah, it's it is such an interesting thing going from, you know, working alone on a computer to like the collaborative sort of team setting right. of like a film set. That's pretty cool. Uh, well, as a filmmaker, are there any films or, or other filmmakers that you find inspiring or influential for your own style? Absolutely. Yeah, there are a lot. And for me, it is uh, different from uh, project to project. For example, mm -hmm. I made a short last spring called Treachery. 
It's part of the anthology project inspired by Dante's Invernal Ninth Circle of Hell. Mm -hmm. Like for Treasury, I was mainly inspired by Emma Seligman's um, tight composition, as in her Siwa Baby, and also uh, Robbie Muller's all handheld camera, as in uh, his movie Breaking the Waves. Yeah, yeah, and it's different with my upcoming project, which will have a more subtle and stable movement um, that is mainly inspired by Claire Maiden, as in her Portrait of Lady of Fire, or Mm. Hong Kyung Pio, as in Parasites. I also refer a lot to uh, Florian Hofmeister and Yasujiro Ozu for the composition Mm. and the utilization of spaces. So it's it really depends on the project I'm working on. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, when you told me in your email that you reached out with about what your film is about, I thought it sounded so interesting. I actually thought about Ozu just because of, you know, parents and family and, and all of that. Uh, tell us about your new film. The Chinese title for the film is Fu Ai Rushan. And for the English title, it is a literal translation from that, which will be Father's love is like a mountain. If you are wondering why and how does it relate with a mountain, then please watch the movie when it comes out because we will have some explanation about it and you will understand it whenever you finish the movie. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) It's a story about an Asian father-daughter relationship where the daughter feels um, her father is unsupportive of her passion in art. While in fact, the father has his own way of loving her. The story is inspired by my personal relationship with my dad. I feel father's love in this society is underappreciated. So it's so rare to see teens or early adolescents who have a good relationship with their father, including myself when I was in my teenage year. But after becoming an adult, I realized that most of the conflicts are often caused by lack of communication and sometimes it's just because we have different love languages that's why i i I try to show it to people in this upcoming film i like my film to inspire people to appreciate everything and everyone in this life like motivating people to try to understand or connect or probably reconnect with people around us especially their dad because at the end of the day i believe all that in this world will always give their best for their children and they deserve some love from us you know because they are not growing getting any younger anymore and even if there's only one person that choose to reconnect with their father like after watching my film i will take it as a success for me That's beautiful. Yeah. And I I think that's, I I love that because I'm always thinking about like, I I really do think that film has the power to like change people's minds and change the way people think about things and really heal divisions. And so I I absolutely love that. I think that's great. Well, I'm so excited to to see it one day. I know you're still in the the creation process of that. Um, How can we follow along online or get involved with your film? Uh, so we have a Facebook group uh, called Two Christ and Short Film. We also have an Instagram page. It's also Two Christ and Film. 
as well as a GoFundMe link that will be posted in the caption, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll put okay. all this in uh, yeah. the show notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We really hope uh, to get as much support as we can, any kind of works, uh, any kind of help works and matter, any amount of donation will be appreciated, as well as, uh, you know, spreading, just spreading this campaign, uh, sharing to people that you know. Oh, anyway, did I tell you about the uh, upcoming raffle for the art presented in the film? Since, no, I uh, think I saw something have... on social about it. Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, we will have five Chinese art scrolls featured in the film as a series. Uh, they are often called the Four Gentlemen. Of <laughs> each of them have a, each of them has their own meanings and symbolization, and we will uh, put a short poem in the art, in the art piece. So uh, in Chinese and in English, um, and it's really simple to join this raffle. Simply follow us on social media and then donate any amount on our crowdfunding page. We will give extra entry for every $5. So, and the raffle drawing will be uh, held in December after the shooting is finished. So this can be a good Christmas gift too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, I love it. That's so cool. Yes, I'll definitely share all of that in show notes here and on social media. And uh, yeah, is there anything else we need to know before we say bye bye for now? Yes, we have a Facebook group. It's called Father's Love is Like a Mountain short film. And we got an Instagram page. It's called Love Like a Mountain, as well as a crowdfunding page that will be shared below. Please join us on our Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, give us some donation if you can, and share this campaign with your friends and family because any amount and any kind of support matters. Last but not least, we will have an art raffle soon on our social media, so please stay tuned on our post and hope to see you there. Oh, I enjoy this podcast more than I expected. So thank you so much, Andrew, for having me here. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. And, you know, I know for especially for young filmmakers, it's so important to um, just be able to tell people about your work. So I hope some people take note and will follow along and donate. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing about your film. All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's so nice to talk to you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks so much to Pauline for joining the show today. It was a real pleasure speaking with her. If you are an Arkansas filmmaker with a project to promote, don't hesitate to reach out to me by email or on social media. Links to that are in the show notes. Now let's move on to our feature discussion. Filmmaker Chloe Domont has primarily worked in TV up to this point, directing episodes of shows like Suits, Ballers, Billions, and Star Trek Discovery. Her feature debut, which she both wrote and directed, is called Fair Play, and it released recently online after a short theater run. You can stream it now on Netflix. The film stars Phoebe Denever as Emily. At the start of the film, we see her with her romantic partner Luke, played by Alden Ehrenreich. They seem to be madly in love and completely carefree, and then the camera follows them into work. Turns out they are co-workers in an extremely high-pressure investment firm, and they are not allowed to date. The relationship hits a significant hurdle when their boss is fired, and they are both up for a big promotion. 
Joining me once again is film critic Saxon Whitehead. He's the creator of DrPopcorn.net and a film critic right here in Arkansas. It's always a pleasure talking movies with Saxon, and I'm so glad he's back again. Saxon Whitehead, how's it going? Uh, It's going great. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Uh, Well, before we get into Fair Play, have you seen anything else recently that you'd like to highlight? Um, Yes. Um, I've been watching, you know, quite a bit lately. I've been doing a lot of um, catching up um, on some of this year's releases, you know, um, just kind of um, trying to fill in some blind spots. And one that I particularly wanted to um, highlight here um, was one that came out earlier this year um, and is streaming now. Um, It's called A Thousand One. It's um, the debut of um, A.V. Rockwell, um, a very powerful movie that I feel like deserves a little bit more attention. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. You know, the story of, um, you know, it's a mother and, you know, her her son and kind of the troubles, the struggles that they, um, you know, face. Um, really, really liked this movie a lot. Um, really one that um, impressed me a whole, whole lot. Um and then also, um, I just wanted to bring up real quick, um, now streaming on Hulu, um, No One Will Save You, um, mm. which just um, premiered, I think, about a couple weeks ago as the time of recording this. Um, very fascinating movie. Definitely a good one to watch for this time of year. You know, yeah, it's spooky over. season. It's a, little, it's a little spooky. It's a little kind of unsettling. Yeah. Um, Caitlin Deaver is wonderful in this one as well. Very interesting little movie. Um, definitely recommend both those. So two very different yeah. movies, but two yeah. great ones. I haven't seen that yet either. And I've been seeing so many good reactions to it that I definitely want to check it out. I love Caitlin Deaver uh, from Singer and Booksmart originally. And she's just really quite an actress. But then, um, yeah, just it's, so as I understand it, there's like not a ton of dialogue, right? It's like largely... I know she's being hunted by something or, or something like that. I don't even know details, but I've heard it's really, really good. Yeah, um, there's like, there's very, very little dialogue. It's fascinating. Um, I love that. But yeah. Very nice. Well, I haven't watched a ton of movies besides podcast stuff recently, but I did see, I've been trying to go out to the Studio Ghibli ones when they play in the theater, just because I have so many blind spots there that I'm wanting to remedy. And so I finally saw um, Howl's Moving Castle the Ooh. first loved it you know it's uh, i actually took my son with me which i wasn't sure you know how's the attention span going to be there was a i mean not so long ago if it wasn't boss baby or mickey he like didn't care but we went and saw this he did great he sat still a few moments of like scenery he was just like wow I was like, yes and getting him into this uh, so he really enjoyed it i would say like whenever i go see a studio ghibli movie i'm often like wow, is this my new favorite one? Like, this was so good. I didn't quite have that much of a connection with this one, but I did really like it. I thought it was gorgeous. The story was fascinating. And uh, Howl is such an interesting character and just, like, really unique, I think. Um, Yeah, so I really liked it. But uh, that was was one thing I watched recently. That was really gorgeous. Uh, And then on the TV side, so I mentioned last time my wife doesn't watch a ton of movies. We do watch a lot of TV together. And uh, we usually just watch something funny kind of at the end of the day. So we've been watching back through 30 rock and mm-hmm. what a funny show that is. We just finished it recently again. And um, yeah, it, it's like a, it's kind of a weird 
moment in TV history too, because it came out. I remember like watching The Office and then Parks and Rec and then Thirty Rock. I was like a, a comedy block and Community for a while was the other, the fourth one too. So like a, kind of a little sitcom renaissance at that time, and then I mean now nothing lasts half as long as you know like it had seven seasons, which is kind of wild. Like if that show came out today it wouldn't go past two or three seasons. It seems like just the TV landscape is so different, but what were you going to say? Um, no, I was just, I was just going to kind of agree with you. You know, yeah. that is such a, you know, it's very interesting to watch that show now just yeah. because it is such a, you know, such a unique show and such yeah. a, you know, such a weird show, you mm-hmm. know, like a really wonderfully is. weird show. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm with you. You know, it's it's wild that it lasted seven seasons, and yeah, I just you just don't see much many things like that nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely feels like a product of its time. There, some of the humor definitely feels a little dated. Like they probably wouldn't try to make this joke now. Uh, mm-hmm. Some for better and some for worse. I think like some stuff. I'm like, yeah, they shouldn't make that joke. <laughs> some yeah. of it's like, oh, this is edgy, and like, uh, I mean, it's so much that I remember hearing early on, like what they decided like the comedy dynamic of the show is like we have this business suit jack donaghy alec baldwin and then tracy morgan tracy jordan like those two playing off each other is like there's so much it just goes and goes and it really like that dynamic is really funny but anyway big fan of 30 rock it holds up for the most part i think and uh yeah that's what we've been watching but all right well let's talk about fair play so this movie stars phoebe denever and alden ehrenreich how familiar were you with either of those actors before seeing this film so um i was definitely a little bit more familiar with alden ehrenreich Mm -hmm. you know i'd seen him in a few things before you know i think of you know obviously solo being his big you know yeah um and you know he had you know roles in a bunch of other stuff um like um I just went blank on everything else. Uh, Hail Caesar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually um, recently caught up with um, Stoker, um, oh, the yeah, Park Chan Wook film, and he has like a small role in it. And so I was like, whoa, hey. <laughs> um, but, you know, a bunch of other things. Um, so I was very familiar with him, you know, more so than um, Phoebe um, Denever, um, just because all I've really seen from her was Bridgerton. Mm. Oh, I forgot she's in Bridgerton. <laughs> That's right. Obviously, she's like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, a very, very different, yeah, you know, character, very different style than what we get here. But yeah, I wasn't super familiar with her, but definitely, um, Alnair and Reich. I was, you know, I, I kind of, I've seen enough of him to kind of be like, okay, I know what I'm kind of getting here. Yeah, that's so funny. I, so I think I looked at their credits on Letterbox, and it doesn't have TV shows. So I didn't realize she's the Bridgerton person. Of course, yeah. that's I'm just like realizing live right now. But yeah, that also makes sense. You know, Netflix. Sometimes it seems like Netflix people show up in Netflix movies and TV shows. Um, but yeah, I thought both of them were really good in this. But yeah, same. I was I was more familiar with Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, first saw him in Hail Caesar, and I mean the scene. He's so hilarious in that movie. I love him in that movie. Oh, yeah. um, and then in in solo as well and now this he he's an interesting actor because i think he's not just a hunk you know like like i was thinking about um i can't remember what movie it was recently where it was like we needed a male lead but it's not like a it might have been um promising young woman or something i can't remember but it was like so many 
male actress had passed on the role because it was like they didn't have enough screen time where they were like playing second fiddle to the woman character or something and so like this is that kind of movie where i could see some men passing on this role because it's kind of an intense one but i'm so i'm impressed that he took it on and um because it's kind of about the fragility of masculinity and that that sort of thing um but yeah i thought both of them were really strong in this uh, i don't think i have any complaints with the performances at all and, and both of them have to go to some more extreme lengths without spoiling anything um right than i initially expected and uh yeah so i was really impressed with both of the leads here yeah i'm, I'm with you 100 percent. i think both of them are phenomenal in this movie um like you know i think i was especially taken with um uh phoebe denevers mm-hmm. uh performance just because one i mean that's you know the lead two the light like the little shades and little things that we see in this character throughout the movie are just so fascinating and how on one hand, in a way we're kind of supposed to be on her side, but some of her actions throughout the movie are just Mm. so troubling, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and you're just kind of like, Oh my goodness. Like, like she's, you know, got her own issues. She's just a very Mm. complex character. And I think she does a great job of, you know, taking that on, you know, it's not easy to portray these kinds of things on screen, Mm -hmm. first of all, but also, you know, just having her, you know, just being so, I guess, fearless is the right word, Mm. Um, you know, in portraying these darker things and by taking on a, a character that is a bit, you know, complex and complicated. I was just very impressed you know, with this being only like the second thing I have seen her in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, okay, so she's, she's really got something here. And so <laughs> yeah. I really am excited yeah. to see her and other things. Yeah. And then for all Nairnreich, I just think that that is such a fascinating character. And like, you know, it's a very, you know, again, a different, it's a challenging role for very different reasons. I think, mm-hmm. Well, yes and no, I guess I should say. Mm. Um, but there's like a whole other layer to it of him being a man and him mm-hmm. being kind of feeling a little bit more entitled to some of the things that mm-hmm. are kind of at stake in this movie and seeing how he reacts whenever things don't necessarily go his way or when things yeah. kind of subvert what he has kind of come to ex- expect. He has a lot of great moments that I'm sure we'll get into here in a minute. Um like these moments where, you know, just seeing how he, you know, kind of, you know, shifts and adjusts whenever things get in the way, he just does these fascinating things, make these fascinating mm-hmm. choices. Um, and so many of them are just like, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into yeah. all of it here in a minute. I, <laughs> I think it's I a lot. And I, I feel like I've just been going on and on, but <laughs> no, no, you're he, good. He's, he's phenomenal. I completely agree. Yeah, I think both so strong. And my next question is like, what do you think are this film's strengths? And so I guess I'll start by saying that I think it's the script. I think the writing, like we're going to talk about any qualms and I have a few writing qualms, but for the most part, like the dynamic between them is really well-written. Yeah, I think so much of the, I guess to talk about what you were just talking about and we can talk more about the writing in a minute, but I think, you know, as a male viewer watching this, it's an interesting thing because you you get the sense, oh, he's like, 
I want to be a modern man. I want to be supportive of, you know, women uh, in the workplace or whatever. Um, and so there's so many moments where he's, you can tell that he's saying one thing and feeling something else and that escalates, but like on the smaller scale, like, okay, that's a familiar feeling. Like um, uh, some of those smaller moments of, you know, whether you're in an argument or whether you feel like, Oh, I thought that was going to be my thing or not. Um, but then what the script does well, I think is like, okay, look where that can lead, you know, if it's unchecked or um, look at like that, that little toxic feeling that maybe you felt a little bit something like that. That's, that's really toxic. And like, it helps to point that out. I think for hopefully for male viewers to like, don't be, you know, find a better way to, to be than this. But, um, but yeah, I just think Alden Ehrenreich really portrays that well. And uh, the way that this escalates, again, we'll talk about spoilers and get into the ending later, but the way that it escalates gradually enough, but it still feels like realistic enough, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I to, to speak to what you were saying, I think uh, the, the dynamics between them are really well-written on both the male and the female side. And, and obviously the male side is what I know better, but um, yeah, really, really well, well-written, I think. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I have to second that. Um, you know, the script I think is extremely strong, especially for this to be, you know, a debut, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I have my own issues with it as well. And we'll get into that in a bit, but my whole thing with the script that I think as well is just some of these like just smaller moments and how they really, you know, just kind of tell you pretty much all you really need to know like these little Mm -hmm. things that you're just like okay boom like we we got this here we got this you know and there's several little moments like this throughout the movie probably one of the earliest examples that i noticed um you know is um early on in the movie um phoebe um phoebe denever's character um she gets a call um to go meet one of her co-workers and then she ends up meeting with the boss of the um, hedge fund. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, basically, um, you know, you know, without getting into, you know, too, too many specifics, it's a good conversation. Like it basically, you know, it's very positive, you know? And so she returns home and she's mentioning this, she's talking about the Alnernreich's character and his first reaction is he didn't try anything, did he? Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, okay like that's really fascinating to kind of see straight to the jealousy and yeah yeah because like up until i think up until that point like he seems you know pretty you know progressive like he seems very much so mm -hmm. like i'm going to be you know kind of yeah i'm not going to be like the other guys you know kind of like that and so seeing that you're like oh and then as we see throughout the rest of the movie we kind of see that facade kind of unravel like peels back the the layers yeah yeah and so it's like little moments like that. And then, you know, um, another one later on that, like, um, Eddie Marsan, Marsan, Marsan. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce it either, but I was going to mention him as just like a, a little mini MVP. He's such a good actor in this, like he, fantastic. He brings such a menacing energy to it. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. No, I, I am, you know, with you hundred percent. He is phenomenal in this as well. Um, I, I've always appreciated him as an actor. You know, I think mm-hmm. he's really good, especially in a Happy Go Lucky. I don't know if you've seen that one. The I haven't. Lee. No, it's been on my list forever, but I haven't. 
yeah, highly recommend. It. He's fantastic in that movie, um, but he's awesome in this one too. Like just so menacing, and like it's not like he, he's like coming in like doing this big showy like you know mm-hmm. like ah, I'm you know or it's just so specific and so yeah. controlled and so fascinating. But anyway, there's a thing that like I, just to harp on that one more second. Like I don't know yeah. how certain actors do that where like they're just emanating like I'm a powerful person, like I'm important. And the, yeah. the counterpoint I'm thinking of is um, Brian Cox in Succession. Like yes. he's just like, there's a gravity to his presence on the screen that it's because of how everyone else reacts to him, I guess. But like he, he has a similar kind of like just energy that is really, really fun to watch. But yeah, go ahead. Right. Um, but anyway, so the moment though, um, that I think, you know, and, and, and this one's a little bit less subtle, admittedly, mm-hmm. but still one that really stuck out to me is the part where um, Eddie Marsan has called Phoebe Denver into um, um, his office and like they're talking um, and he basically calls her a, a pretty foul name. He yeah. says something pretty pejorative um, and he doesn't say it like in like an overly like, you know, again, it's not like an overly like yelly way. It's not like a Mm -hmm. shouting thing. He just kind of says it very matter of fact, but like still very, you know, just like you feel the. Yeah. So cruel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, man, I really don't like this guy. I just really cannot (laughs) stand it. You know, you know, it's just like little things like that. Just these tinier details that like, Mm -hmm. for the most part, like I feel like in other films, we would kind of just, see that and just kind of move on but like these little moments that just really stick out and just really get into these ideas that chloe domont is kind of kicking around here Mm -hmm. you know these ideas of massaging in the workplace these ideas of power dynamics you know and just any kind of relationships professional or personal yeah really fascinating stuff and i think that the writing is just so strong in that regard um that it kind of makes some of the issues I have with the script a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, yeah. Gen- generally speaking, the, the script is good. And then I think the performances, especially from um, Denver, all um, Aaron Reich and um, uh, Eddie Marsan. Yeah. All good. Totally agree. And I think one other positive thing about the script, I think is just like the dynamic it sets up with, like when we're in the workplace and when we're not in the workplace and how different that feels and like just the pressure of that environment in the workplace, like all the workplace scenes, I think were, I was just so glued to oh, yeah. like what's going to happen next. And there's such an energy to that. That is, yeah. uh, I think really well done, but yeah. Well, yeah, do that... we want to talk... go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was just going to say like that compartmentalization also really stuck out to me. Like just how, you know, like at home, it's like a little bit more, at least nearly like the beginning. It's a little more relaxed, yeah. a little bit more. It becomes a little more heightened too as it goes on. But yeah. Right. And like at work, it's just so tense and it's so cold. And it's just so, you know, just like, yeah. you know, I don't really know how else to describe it other than that. Like, it's just very much so just like you just feel all of a sudden just like tightened up almost. It's like we're in a war zone or something. Like, yeah, I think it's a really um, good way of putting it. Actually, yeah, yeah. everyone's um, like out to get each other in a little, in a little, at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and just like as you know, they try to keep these two lives separate essentially over the course of the movie, and as they really struggle with that, 
and how that kind of bleeds into each other, I think is so fascinating. I think that's probably um, Chloe Dolan's strength as a director, I think, in allowing that environment to kind of, you know, really bleed into each other mm-hmm. as the movie goes on. I yeah. think that's really well done on her part. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, well, do we want to talk about any any qualms, any issues with the film that you had? Uh, yeah. So my biggest issue with this movie is that, like, you know, for the most part, I think it you know moves along pretty well. Like I was like, like there wasn't really anything um, that I was just like, you know, had any major issues with until about like midway through whenever things start to get really heightened and things start to get really you know even more intense um there's a lot more fighting between Mm -hmm. um phoebe denever and um alnernreich and i feel like that gets a little repetitive Mm. you know kind of in this last section like there's just a point where i was like okay i feel like we've had this fight like three times already Mm. let's just kind of let's let's move a little bit forward now i feel like if we just maybe cut one of those fight scenes maybe one of those argument you know scenes yeah i feel like it would have pretty much accomplished the same things that mm. it ends up accomplishing at the end but that's probably my biggest issue is that um yeah that's really my main yeah issue with it it's just kind of how it just kind of gets in that kind of repetitive you know borderline tediousness mm. kind of for a bit like there's like these little moments where it kind of you know it gets you back up and then you're back down where we were again yeah. so yeah that's interesting i definitely had a feeling you know i was thinking about like the movie marriage story from a few years ago it's like is uh is netflix just trying to recapture the 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 magic of that because there's this the huge fight scene with adam driver that and, and scarlett hansen that's like there's so many memes from you know him oh, punching yeah. the wall and all of that. It's just like we're trying to maybe that uh, domestic dispute thing is like there's some some money in there, some awards in there or something. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think it, uh, yeah, I'd have to rewatch it. I never like felt like oh no, I'm bored or anything. Like, but I, I I definitely felt like yeah, maybe we it got just a tad repetitive, and it, and I think probably maybe the reason for that would be like it builds to something pretty big and we're, we'll talk about the ending in a minute again with spoilers but mm-hmm. i guess you you probably want to feel like you don't rush into that i guess as a writer uh i've never written a script so i don't really know but um yeah i think so if i have any qualms with it they're mostly actually about the ending so i can't really be specific mm-hmm. about the spoilers yet but um just to be vague about it i guess there's a few like i didn't know that it totally earned a few things um that I can be specific about in a minute, but uh, anything else yeah. non-spoilery before we go spoilers? Um, I will say, I mean, I kind of hesitate to mention it just because I know we're going to get into spoilers and also, but like the, the vague version of what I, what we're going to get into here in a second is there's a specific event that happens kind of very close to the end that, I don't a hundred percent think was necessary Mm, in in kind of getting to that final point. It's like it it could have been a lot worse. Mm. I will say, like it could have been much worse in how they handle it. I think the movie handles it fairly well for the most part, but at the same time, it's like, do we really need to have this moment? Yeah, is this a hundred percent necessary? Because again, 
I feel like it kind of accomplishes it would accomplish what it set out, sets out to without this moment. I feel like there's a strong chance it could have at least. Interesting. But but yeah. All right. I think I know what you mean. Uh, let's say spoiler warning. Uh, yeah. If you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. You can go see it now. Um, so is the scene you're talking about like the bathroom scene towards the end? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I thought so. So I have I have thoughts about that scene because so basically my I guess my qualm with the ending specifically like the final scene is the the moment okay we're in spoiler territory the moment when she like grabs the knife and it's like that it's like that's a that's a big step like yeah and i felt and so i think like the bathroom scene is trying to justify that and i i I mean again i'm not a woman viewer so maybe that would color my perception but it did feel like the leap from uh the, the leap to violence Although, I mean, she's just had violence perpetrated against her. So, I don't know. But it just, it felt almost, I guess it felt like pulpy suddenly. Where it was like, mostly really grounded. And then it's like, suddenly we're in like a, not campy, but maybe like bordering on like, is this a little silly when she grabs a knife off the floor? Maybe not. I'm sure there's different opinions uh, on that. But also, I kind of saw where it was going because she accidentally drops the knife. And I was like, okay, I think I know what's going to happen here. Um that said like the performances of that i thought were really good and like him breaking down in the end was i thought really well done and like the thing she says to him i thought again like the dialogue was written well um i had a similar maybe feeling to you about the bathroom scene and basically it was just like as i was in the moment of watching it i questioned so like they're they're fighting they're fighting and then he starts coming on to her and then she like reciprocates at first right and then obviously she doesn't after that and it gets horrible but i was kind of like why would she reciprocate that at all that seems like an like it's just trying to go for like a sexy mad fight kind of a thing but then in reflection i was like she probably was doing that for her own safety like she thought he literally might harm me if i don't go along with him in this moment um so there's that but like that was a moment that i was like questioning uh, a bit but then i think I, you know, talk myself out of having any issues with it. Um, but yeah, I think I see what you mean about like, it was a bathroom scene necessary. Uh, it was definitely really intense. And I think like handled pretty well as far as I feel like, but yeah, could it have been cut possibly? I'll say the, like, I guess the moments when it really starts to like go in there is when he shows up in the office being crazy. And like that scene is i think really good too i was like oh my gosh mm-hmm. um and then like when they're fighting at the restaurant leading up to that um again i think that's pretty strong and like i feel like it ramps up appropriately i think um but yeah i think people are gonna have different opinions about it i do feel like you can feel a tension almost of like do we go even bigger or do we go smaller and like where at the ending it goes like pretty big but i've seen some people say oh, we wish it would have gone even further and like been totally crazy at the end and like become a slasher movie um so yeah i'm sure there's different opinions about it yeah i mean like i i think i do honestly see what you mean um with all that and like i definitely think that like in terms of like justification and stuff like that like for like that ending scene mm-hmm. i can see why they decided to go that route mm-hmm. um I just kind of, I think, was just really surprised that it went as far as it does in that way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, and I, I'm kind of surprised that people are saying they wish they would have gone bigger. Yeah, I've just seen a couple of moments. tweets. I don't know. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. 
that, that I just don't. I just have a hard time seeing how anyone could think that just because like th- that just doesn't seem like this kind of what this yeah. movie is like mm-hmm. it's already going a bit bigger than what we've gotten to yeah. before now because like the movie is a bit you know understated in certain ways it kind of tiptoes towards that you know melodrama and that definitely gets very pulpy yeah you know <laughs> um it's in the in like the back half of it and stuff mm-hmm. but like you know, I, I don't think it needs to go any bigger than it does. I think like that yeah. last moment hits on such like a whoa, you know, it's just a very, mm-hmm. you know, strong way to end that movie. Yeah. You know, even if, you know, maybe certain like logistical, you know, things don't quite add up. I think that the ending honestly worked for me fairly well. Um, and it's mainly because of the acting between them. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I think that they're just both so incredible that it kind of maybe covered up a little bit of the, the, the finer points, you know, those kind of issues yeah. in there. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking about too now is, so I think in part of my mind, I was thinking like, would this have been like more powerful if he wasn't at knife point? Like if she had somehow been able to like break him down verbally or something without, you know, the threat of violence. But I think maybe that's internalized misogyny. I don't know. Cause I'm thinking about, did you see the film um, God's country last year? Um, I did not know. It's not a lot of people did. I highly recommend it, uh, but it's Tundiway Newton and it's like a neo-Western, but it ends with something in a similar way that is like, okay, if we had just seen John Wayne do that, we would have no moral qualms with it. But because it's Tundiway Newton, we're like, oh, maybe she shouldn't have done that. And so I think the movie is calling that into question intentionally. Um, And I love that about it. So maybe that's exactly what's happening here. Like if the roles were reversed, um, I don't know. It's a different situation. So I don't know if that's not an exact uh, parallel, but um, maybe I'm, you know, because it's the woman with the knife that I'm like, because he's obviously, again, he's just been violent to her in the last previous scene. But it's also interesting that he's like, he doesn't even think what happened to the bathroom was that bad. And she has to like point out to him that it was. Right. Um, yeah. It just like the level of denial. Yeah. I will say, since we're in spoiler territory, one thing I really liked, like one of my favorite things about the writing was um, the scene where she is talking to Eddie Marsan about and like her, how she's spinning it in her favor, like politically in the company. Like yes. it was such a moment. Like, I like I took like creative writing classes in college. And so like one of the things you try to do is do something that's surprising and yet feels perfectly natural to the characters. So it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, but of course that would happen. Like, and I feel like it totally nailed that. Cause it's, it's such yes. a, like a damn, she did what kind of a scene, but it's like, <laughs> of course you would do that. And it's like the most logical thing. And it's like, in a way it's brilliant. I just think that's really, really good writing in that scene. But, um, oh yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like whenever it, like that cut from the bathroom to her talking to yeah. Eddie Marsan, I was just very, you know, just like, like it, it kind of was a moment where I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And was just like, kind of like very fascinating. And the, I kind of, the more I sat with the process, I'm like, that's really good writing on her part, on uh, Claude Dumont's part. Just yeah. a very great way of putting it. And kind of like, based on what we end up seeing in the later part of the movie, it just kind of adds more to that weird, you know, kind of, mm. you know, there's a lot of, I think, questions and i think it's just going to differ from person mm-hmm. to person yeah. on how much of what we have just seen is justified how much of it's yeah. not and i like and that so, the movie is like sparking that conversation on purpose i think i think that's a, a strength of it but yeah oh yeah 100 percent. 
But yeah, I, I don't know. I was thinking like the last moment, I feel like it really gets to the heart of what's going on. And I don't mm-hmm. know if, you know, necessarily the way we got there is the way we should have gotten there. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely some some issues I have kind of with some things along the way. But I think that last moment, that last mm-hmm. shot specifically. Yeah. You know, just so simply effective where basically we see, you know, um, Phoebe Denever and how the camera is like just angled up Mm -hmm. just enough to kind of, you know, give you that impression of power. You know, Mm -hmm. we finally kind of see her there. You know, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch it to see. But like that, I think, is like the one time in the movie where we see her at that kind of angle yeah. And it kind of mirrors this other similar angle, the similar shot. Um, so there's a scene um, we haven't discussed yet where all Reich has just found out that there's a new position open, like later in the movie, mm. where it's basically like he would be on the level of um, yeah. Phoebe Denver's character. And so he just bursts into Eddie Marsan's office and gives this big impassioned speech about why he should choose him only for that to be completely undercut by him revealing that they had just hired someone, which is both very funny and so heartbreaking because like you just see like all of it's um, to, to kind of tie it to um, the Simpsons, you know, kind of weird (laughs) thing to compare to. There's the episode with, um, um, Ralph where he loves Lisa and it's like you can see the very moment his heart breaks and so you have that moment with all Naren right where like you yeah, see yeah. the moment his heart breaks wow, where it's yeah. just like oh man and like we see this like like we see that and then we just cut back to Eddie Marsan and we got that angle up again and he just gives this like one sly like little mm. like kind of like almost smirk where you're just like oh man this is one cold-blooded guy yeah. And I feel like we get a similar moment to that at the end with mm-hmm. Phoebe Denver. And maybe it's because, you know, she's a woman. Maybe it's because of the circumstances. It's a little bit different. We don't necessarily think, man, she's a cold-blooded, you know, yeah. person. We just kind of think, man, did, yeah. did she have to do that? Or like for the first like, time she has the upper hand in the entire right. movie, maybe. Yeah. 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 Wow. Really interesting. And I think what I like about it too, like the whole film is like, it's very much a feminist film, but it's not just like woman, good man, bad. It's like, it's much more complex than that. And I think brings dimension and like reality to what is, yeah, a very heightened situation and like very cinematic and played up and all that, but it still feels real and grounded. Like 99% of the movie, I think feels like realistic. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I honestly really liked about it because I think it'd be really easy for it to kind of be in that, being like a much more heightened, very, you know, very more so cut and dry type of, you know, type of way of storytelling, I guess. But I think the fact that it is more realistic and it is more grounded and covers those complexities that we see in our, like in, in just our regular lives makes it all the more impactful. It makes it all the more effective as well, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. As you said earlier, incredibly impressive uh, for a debut and um, mm-hmm. such a, a filmmaker to watch. Absolutely. Uh, cool. Anything else you want to say about Fair Play before we wrap up? Um, 
I think we kind of covered just about everything that I really wanted to focus on. I just really think that this is one that surprised me. I went into this one pretty blind. Yeah. Um, but I was just really blown away by just how strong the writing was and just how strong the performances were. Yeah. Um, easily some of my favorite performances of the whole year, in my nice. opinion. Um, yeah. Just excellent Def- stuff. Definitely one I want to check out again and uh, by year's end for those performances for sure. And I oh, think, yeah. like, as you said, like, I went pretty blind as well. And I was like, oh, it's like a steamy erotic thriller. And it's <laughs> sort of kind of that, but like, yeah. It's real sexy at the beginning and then it not anymore after that. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, so it kind of pulls the rug under you uh, from under you for that kind of thing as well, uh, which I enjoyed about it as well. But yeah, fair play now streaming on Netflix. Highly recommend checking it out. And uh, obviously, hopefully if you're listening to these spoilers, you already have seen it, but um, thanks again, Saxon for joining us and remind us where we can find you online, drpopcorn.net and where else? Yeah. So drpopcorn.net, that's where I, you know, uh, post reviews on new releases. Um, you can also find me on um, the site formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> X, whatever you want to call it. I call it Twitter still. Uh, you can find me at Saxon Whitehead on there, um, and you can find me on Letterboxd. Just search my name, and I'll be there. <laughs> I will link all that in the show notes. Give Saxon a follow. Thank you again so much. This was great. I really appreciate your time, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Absolutely. Thank you. Once again, I just loved talking with Saxon. It's always a great discussion when he's around. Pay attention to your podcast app. Some big award contenders are coming, like Saltburn. I'm excited to see. Poor Things looks great. Rustin, uh, very excited for The Boy in the Heron. All films I would love to discuss on here. Still planning, but stay tuned. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Arthouse Garage. We have a few years worth of episodes now. You can hear all of them in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Arthouse Garage, become a patron over at patreon.com slash arthousegarage. Or find a link in the show notes. You can also buy an Arthouse Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com slash shop if you want to support us without spending any money leave a rating or review in your podcast app and that is really helpful stay in the loop about arthouse garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter you can also email me directly anytime andrew at arthousegarage.com and of course follow on social media you can find us on facebook twitter instagram and letterboxd just search at arthouse garage and all those places or find links in the show notes that will do it for this episode thank you again so much for listening And until next time, keep it snob-free.